It's the uncoupling of what we think or we should be doing. So part of it is really separating internal expectations from internal expectations. What we want for ourselves versus what the world or our parents or whoever is telling us that this is the standard we should be working towards, that we really create our own standard. It's whatever we want it to be. The other piece of it is that our lives are more full. Our lives are more full than work. And it's where we place such an emphasis because of that external expectation of what success is. You are listening to the Wise Women Podcast, Season 4, Episode 120. I'm your host, Alicia Wilford, founder of Yoke and Abundance, leadership coaching for entrepreneurs, creatives, and seekers. This podcast is designed to inspire by introducing you to creatives living abundantly. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with entrepreneur, consultant, and coach, Jacqueline Kennedy. Welcome back, everyone. It is wonderful to be talking to you. On the show today, you are going to get to hear from Jacqueline Kennedy. Jacqueline is a coach, strategic partner, and the founder and CEO of the leadership and coaching consultancy, Strategy and Grace. With over 25 years of education and leadership, she supports women in leadership as they redefine success on their own terms so they can reimagine their work, life, and impact. She does this through one-on-one career redesign, leadership coaching, and talent and organizational development consulting. She's also launching a new community, Converge, a safe space for career changers, trailblazers, and dream chasers to connect and unite with a common focus on the intersection of life and leadership. Jacqueline is also a Gallup Certified Strengths Coach and Designing Your Life Certified Coach. And when she isn't supporting clients to navigate what's next and make room for their future selves, you can find Jacqueline spending time reading, at the movies, or exploring a new brunch spot in Dallas, Texas. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to say a great big thank you to our generous sponsor, Fiken Co. It is only through sponsorship from wonderful companies like Fiken Co. that we're able to bring you today's podcast. Fiken Co. is a progressive boutique consulting firm that works with entrepreneurs, startups, small to medium-sized companies, and larger organizations to cultivate a place where people love coming to work. With a focus foremost on diversity, inclusion, belonging, and equity, Fiken Co. pushes business leaders to push the boundaries of what a great workplace environment means and is for all their employees. If you're starting from scratch with a small team, or if you're looking to grow your current team, Fiken Co. can help you scale your business in a way that both adds to the bottom line while also boosting engagement. From talent acquisition, onboarding, and compensation to HR compliance, performance management, and employee relations, Viking Co. has worked with more than 50 companies across the country and worldwide 
in various stages of growth. If you're looking for strategic guidance on people programs or interim people leadership, contact Fikingco. Your people will thank you. Now, on to today's show. Jacqueline, welcome to the Yoke and Abundance podcast. It is, oh, I, I have been hoping to get you on this podcast for a little while now. So thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation and just it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Well, can you tell folks what keeps you busy in this big, beautiful world? Yeah, thanks. I am a uh, coach and also a consultant. Um, I primarily work with women who are in leadership. And a big focus of my work is really helping them to define success on their own terms and uh, reimagine their work, life, and impact. And I do that through my own business called Strategy and Grace. Mm. That's awesome. You and I spoke a, a, a couple weeks ago about your path into this work. Mm-hmm. Can you tell folks what you were doing and what your life looked like before you stepped into your coaching work and maybe why you made that leap? Sure, sure. So I started off in education and then transitioned to professional counseling. And then from there did quite a bit of work in professional counseling. And the work I was doing was focused more around, um, there was a lot of training and of development involved in it. And that began to kind of start its own pathway for me. And I really, it was something I did well, but also something I really enjoyed is helping other people learn about different aspects of um, counseling work um, and supporting people in that. And then from there, really started moving into a lot of instructional design work and training, which helped me to then navigate to a degree and moved into talent development and organizational development. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt here. What is structural, structural design? Yeah. So instructional design is really more about pulling together the aspects of teaching and learning and how, how people learn. Um, and being able to do that through technology, doing that through different methods or designs for instruction and teaching that really facilitates learning and transfer of that learning back to the workplace. And so I moved on and and was able to get a um, degree in performance improvement, which is really about identifying learning strategy process improvement and thinking about performance gaps and interventions and how to support people in the workplace. Um, So I I started doing that and all along the way, although I started with education, the interesting thing as I think back on it is I always ensured that when I I went to uh, start my uh, bachelor's, I started in education. But then from there, 
I moved into professional counseling and wanted to make sure that it gave me lots of possibilities. So I made sure that it was an, a different field. And then when I went for my doctorate, I did the same. I made sure it was a different field. And I didn't realize it at the time <laughs> because I just knew I wanted to have lots of possibilities. All of it came together when it was time for me to make a transition. Um, and I and I can access all of those different pieces. So my, I, I for me, my story of transition was um, really supporting my daughter around a really troubling time in her, her high school um, life. And so it was kind of a defining moment for me um, when I had to choose between working 60, you know, 80 hours a week. And I had a 90 minute commute to work and a two hour commute home. I was working in the evenings and on weekends and my daughter was having some major struggles and I needed to choose. I needed to decide where I was going to dedicate and devote my time and where I needed to place my attention. And I, I could no longer navigate both and do them well. Um, so I decided to step away from my career and I created for myself a, uh, what I thought at that time was a one-year sabbatical style career break. And that was the beginning of the whole thing is I knew I needed to take time away from work and I needed to design it in a way that I could support her, but also use it as a time to just be in restoration and, and find a space for myself to kind of renew and figure out what do I do next? And nothing that I ever could imagine was what resulted from that one year career break that is now three years and running. And you and I have that kind of sabbatical aspect to our first year in, in coaching in common with one another, but I want to go back to, to what you said when you left, I mean, you enjoyed what you did. You were successful at what you did. And I think when we spoke, you said you surprised a lot of people with that transition. Did that, did that surprise you? No, because I think part of it now undergirds my, my story now, because I think that not only was I wanting to fulfill an external expectation that I have a traditional job, that I'm working up the ladder, that I am following this path of, you know, working full time and, and being a, you know, an executive and, and that there wasn't another story. There wasn't another path. So I think that being with other people, especially other women, it seemed completely foreign and like something people couldn't put their hands around, like, like, or, keep, you know, keep even their thinking about how, if that was possible. And I think for me, I was surprised more so, not that people were surprised that I was leaving because I think it was difficult for many people to think that I would walk away or step away from my work because I loved it. And I put so much, poured so much into the work, but also the people that I worked with 
and four. And so I think what really surprised me is how much other people came to me and wanted to know, one, how did I ever think about leaving? Like, how did I do that thought process to step away? And then the other aspect of it was, what kind of plan did I make to step? Like, how did you do it tactically? You know, like the steps. And then, um, and then I think just the courageous part of it. So it was like that part, I thought, I didn't think about any of that because I was literally stepping away because I felt that was my responsibility as a mom is, is to attend to, to my daughter's needs and that I could no longer have both of those kind of competing priorities weren't serving me well and it wasn't serving her well. So I didn't think about any of it. It was actually all happening naturally of me kind of coming to that decision, but also to create for myself what I now refer to as a personal innovation strategy is just, I've got to change what I'm doing and I'm going to take some time off to do it. And that's about all I knew at that time. And you, you said that that's kind of like the undertow of your work now. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I love that. Thanks for that. I think what, what started to what surprise me and really uh, grow from that is the more other people saw that I was stepping away, that created an interest. Well, I mean, at the time, it was kind of just a moment for me that was challenging. Like, oh my goodness, I'm going to walk away from my career and this is so scary. But also, I didn't really have a lot of emotion once I did it because mm-hmm. I was doing it for the right thing and I felt like everything was going to work itself out. Um, so what was happening is a lot of people along the way, especially women, started to come and ask, how did you do that? What, what did you think about when you did it? Where did you get the courage and muster the energy to do it? Uh, what about finances? What about your family? What about what people are going to think? What about you know the expectation? How is it going to happen? So those questions then created for me an opportunity to support others through the same process. And that's really where some of the idea along that first year really began to grow to support other women in leadership, to be able to reimagine their work life and impact, which is what I'm doing now. When you left for your, for your sabbatical, did you know that you would end up coaching? Was that a part of the plan all along? No. What I what I had been doing because I I always had another job. So I've always had a side hustle of some sorts, some type of passion project for as long as I remember. And at the early part of my career, I started a business that was primarily focused around instructional design and training and development. And so walking away, I knew I could still do some of that while I kind of figure out the rest. 
And so I had a little bit of that because um, I always had that side business for 10 years of just doing little projects for people here and there. And so I knew I could carry that with me because it was mine. It was mine to take. Um, and so from there, I think the coaching was always a part of my work. And so that's why I said it's like a, a thread that kind of comes back where everything came back together that in the beginning, when I started my career, I put all these pieces together so that I had possibilities for the future, but yeah. I never really know what knew what that future was going to be. And it took me a while to like sit with it for a minute or two to start pulling pieces of who I am outside of work and how I support supported people in my work, but also starting to think about it completely differently in terms of what were the aspects of my work that I wanted to do all the time, but were limited. And coaching became part of, is, is one of those things. I, I had a primary focus around performance coaching, talent management, and those areas, leadership coaching. And those areas really kind of came back uh, as I started to have conversations with people who were wanting to sort through their own careers, have transitions to kind of create better well-being for themselves and their families. Just that thread came back and I started coaching back in 2007 and was doing it primarily internally as a part of my work as a, as a leader. And so once I got to the stage of transitioning to work independently, one of the things as a part of my personal innovation strategy was it, it included intentions that I wanted to have for the year. It also included learning that I wanted to acquire new things. So some of those things were meditation. Some things were new skills. Uh, some things were around health, trying new things for hobbies. So I had a lot of learning things in there. And one of the things that I wanted to learn was more about the intersection of leadership, life, and work. Hmm. And I already had a lot around leadership coaching and performance coaching. And I wanted to incorporate more around the aspects of our, our lives because leadership and work are part of our life. And so I wanted to kind of have this kind of coupling of all three. So that was one of the things I went to learn more about was life coaching to then integrate it into a larger, a larger model for myself. Ah, that, that makes so much sense to me. Um, and you know, before you and I started recording, we were having this conversation about building things and when it's the right time and doing things when it's the right time and having faith. And I, I would love to, to bring some of that in here, you know, I was sharing with you that I launched a program in 
this year, it was, I was going to do a mastermind, a 12 month mastermind. And, um, and it, it didn't end up having enough people for it to go. And so I pivoted and, and brought it back to the directing inner wisdom, which you did last, um, mm-hmm. last December, the directing inner wisdom, the, the, the facilitation training. And I said that one of the biggest things that I've learned in the work that I'm doing is just, I didn't realize and probably was not prepared for how much faith was going to play a part in my work. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, when I say faith, so I, you know, I, I was raised Catholic and then I went atheist for a really long time. And then it took me a long time to come back to, well, that's not exactly, that's, that's not what I believe. Like, what is faith? What does a higher power mean to me? And I, I have to say, I don't think I really understood what faith meant until I became an entrepreneur, but like having that inner knowing that you're supposed to do something or you're supposed to be on a certain path and knowing that like, if you do the work, if you stay the course, it's going to work out because you are being led. And I'm wondering, I mean, I'm, I have a feeling we probably look at faith a little bit differently, but there's a through, I'm sure there's a through thread. I'm wondering how faith has played a part in your work and in your business. Yeah, I think it is still a belief in something greater than yourself. And so I think that that through line is something that we have in common there, really thinking about what I have control of and my own locus of control and and doing that and and not getting too caught up in everything else but then also the belief that there is something bigger happening here mm-hmm. and that's the faith that I have that if I stay within my locus of control the rest will work itself out in my favor and and not that it's always going to be exactly what I wanted Sometimes it's to, you know, go back and and figure things out differently. Sometimes it is more to see things that are are greater than what I ever could imagine. And the possibilities are, are, are so abundant. And so I think that the faith is really more about knowing that there's only so much we can do, but to stay focused on that. Sometimes we get focused on the uh, wanting to control it all and we can't. So just control what you can control. Before we started recording, you were talking about, you were sharing a passage that you look to. Um, do you remember what we were talking? Uh, it was, it was about faith. Um, I believe it's about faith with, without work. Yes. Yes. So I I think that part of it, just for me as somebody who kind of has had been a believer my entire life, I think that's part of it too, is recognizing that there's always a little bit of work in there, right? So even if whatever higher power you believe and trust in, you still have to put some skin in the game. And so sometimes we kind of watch from afar and we want to jump in. 
but we don't know when to jump in. But I think that's why now so many people talk about, you know, to just start, start, start with where you can, with what you know, with what you have and, and let it start to build and, and grow from there. And if it's something that you feel led or, or called to do as a part of your pur- purpose or passion or just to complete who you are to be uh, on this earth. And so I think you do your part and mm. the rest will come, it'll all come together. And I believe that for myself because I've been walking that and I, I believe that for my clients as well. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. You know, when we were doing the directing inner wisdom level one facilitation course last year, we were brainstorming what, what leaders and what facilitators do. We were, we we're having a group discussion around it. And you said something that I continually, that you probably don't even know this, that I keep coming back to. I'd never heard it phrased like this before and I'm not sure if it was a lead I think it was when we were talking about leadership but you shared that you believe leaders hold people able can you say more about that and when you see that coming up and some examples of times you've seen leaders do that because that phrase I can't get it out of my head yeah, thanks for that. I think it comes from when I was doing my coaching training, it was one of the things that continued to come up is how important it is for us to empower others. And by doing so as leaders, we also lift them up. We support them to know that they are resourceful. They're they're whole, they're complete and that they have everything they need within them to be able to solve their own problems. So what it does is helps you as a leader to also know you don't have to give advice all the time. You don't have to solve everyone's problems and challenges. That people themselves, when approached in a more coach-like atmosphere, they can think their, through their own challenges and dilemmas um, if you create the space for them to do that. And so holding people able just really signifies just this importance of letting people struggle and not wanting to save people, letting people be challenged by things that are hard and difficult, but also knowing that they too can make it through that and push through that because we're all we're all capable and have that within us. Um, and I think that personal power is something that's huge is to give people that space to have that. And so that's where that's where that comes from. Mm, I, I love it. I mean, it will often like I'm in the shower and I'll be thinking about things with work and clients that I'm working with. And that phrase really pops into my head. And so it's just like one of those things where I think that's so beautiful, like to, to remember, even when we're 
leading a course or when we're coaching, I think we learn so much from the people we get to work with, right? Like that in itself is such a beautiful journey and, and we're getting the privilege to work with you and having you in that group was really impactful because you always shared with us like something that just felt like such a truth bomb. Like you just like, like a cherry that you just like, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> I think the, the nice thing about thinking of it from that perspective is you don't have to save people. You don't have to help people. Mm-hmm. People don't always want help, but they may want support or encouragement or tactics or strategy inspiration, motivation, accountability, like it could be a whole lot of things, but they don't need saving. Right. Um, because they're absolutely capable of untangling this. They just need somebody to walk alongside them. Mm-hmm. Process. Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, one of the things that's always been really important to me is to be careful Sometimes it's unavoidable, but to be careful not to use the word, especially in my marketing as a coach, I'm not here to help. Maybe I'm being helpful in the long run, but the client is going to do the heavy lifting in the end. So I don't know how helpful that, you know, it's, they're going to get questions from me and you because that's what you do too. But I don't know how much quote unquote help we're actually giving. Yeah. I like to refer to it more as a partnership. Yes. We're together walking this path together and, you know, kind of in that same vein, when people ask about my approach, one of the things that I share is they're always in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. and I'm just the GPS helping them to recalculate to modify, to adjust the course, but they're always in the driver's seat. And so I think that gives people encouragement and just a visual representation that I'm not taking over because this is your your challenge, your dilemma, your outcome to to own. And I'm I'm just gonna be here as a guide and, and a support. Yes, that's so beautiful. I want to circle back quickly to when you took the leap into your sabbatical. I'm curious about how con- how conscious were you that you were choosing core values? I I wasn't. I was choosing, I mean, literally, I was choosing my daughter over work. That's what it, I mean, it, it was just that literal. And I don't think I was ever seeing it any bigger than just that one thing. Um, And probably because it was just so heavy on my heart and it just felt like something that needed to be done. And so there wasn't a lot of emotion with it once I decided. Uh It was kind of more something that needed to happen. Mm. Then later on, (laughs) I really started to unpack different aspects of that as I started to go. And one of them was around alignment. Mm. Not only was I stepping away for her, but it became apparently clear that I was a a stepping away for me. Mm. And that it was more about 
alignment. And a lot of people think of it as like work-life balance. And for me, I was out of alignment, uh, out of alignment with who I am authentically, um, who I am as a parent and someone who loves their kids. I was out of alignment with um, how much energy I was giving work and was not giving other parts of my life in general, but also thinking about not being in alignment with my my own values, which were about family and service and committing time to things that are most important, taking care of myself. Those were things that I was completely out of alignment with, but it was not until this, this was the one thing that was my defining moment, my pivotal moment, uh, my tipping point of sorts, because it was the one thing that shook my core enough to allow me to have my own kind of awakening, uh, an awakening that I really needed to focus more on my on what was most important to me. Also, what supported me through the process was it also helped me to see to really activate my own agency like I don't this doesn't have to be horrible and bad and 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 terrible it's my own agency to have the choice to think differently about my career to have a different experience for the remainder of you know my working life to um, have a different way of thinking about expectations and the expectations I have for myself, not just what people have placed on me as a mom, as a woman, as an African-American, as all kinds of things. And so that was an awakening that I did not anticipate. (laughs) That was a big kick in the pants. But the other is, I think, coherence. I don't really know, and it's something I really talk to my clients about now, is the alignment is one aspect and the awakening was another. But the idea that our lives are not just work, like the idea that there needs to be some coherence between our relationships, our health and our bodies, our work, and just play, like that there is just fulfillment in in life and, and work. And the coherence that we need all of it to be our best selves and to be fulfilled. And that was probably the biggest aha for me is I didn't have coherence. Ah, okay. So how do we get coherence? Yeah. I think part of what I'm seeing is some of it is in the Mm self-awareness and being able to pause and step back. One thing that I've seen and, and started to experience more is it's the uncoupling of what we think or we should be doing. Um, so part of it is really 
separating external expectations from internal expectations. Um, what we want for ourselves versus what the world or our parents or whoever is telling us that this is the standard we should be working towards, that we really create our own standard. It's whatever we want it to be. The other piece of it is that our lives are more full. Mm. Our lives are more full than work. And it's where we place such an emphasis because of that external expectation mm. of what success is. Mm. So one of the first things I have clients do is begin to start thinking about how do you define success? Like, is this it? Is this what you, how you define it? as what you're doing right now, because they may say, you know, I'm successful. And so let's talk about how you define success. And is that give you that congruence and coherence? And most of the time it's missing a lot of pieces as it was for, for me, um, which is why I love to work with ambitious women because we want, we're so ambitious about so many things but coherence is not usually one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I really want to put a pin in what you just said of like, of the uncoupling, of, I think this is how you put it, of external expectations and internal expectations. It's like, it's almost never in our best interest to follow external expectations. <laughs> Yeah. And it's very tricky though, Alicia, because many of my clients, whether they are in their thirties and have just completed graduate school or have been working in their profession for, you know, a, a little while and all the way through 55 and are starting to think about retirement, maybe in five years and what they're going to do next, whether it's retirement or start a business or, or, or change careers. And what's been fascinating for me is how much and to what extent people have been following a path that was designed for them. And it wasn't their path. And now what they're finding is the, the misalignment. And so people will say like, I'm lost, I feel lost. I, I don't know where I am. I don't know what direction I'm going. And a lot of it, that's the language people use, but it is really a way, a symptom that they are out of alignment with what, who they are and what they wanna do with their own lives because they've been following a path that someone else provided or gave them and they've been following it. And now they're kind of lost, like lost in a forest because they realize I'm on this path. I don't even know where I'm going <laughs> because they followed everything everyone gave them and they get to a, a place the path ends and then they that fork in the road happens or a defining moment like myself. And then how do you decide which path to go on next if you've never created the map yourself? Right. Which, you know, I can relate that to that as well. I mean, it's not, my parents didn't have any expectations on me. At least I never felt 
pressure to follow. I don't, I don't even know what I would have thought their expectations for me were, but it's more the societal expectations, mm -hmm. right? Of first you go to high school, then you go to college. Maybe you'll find a long-term partner in there. Maybe you'll have a baby and you're going to get a career and you're going to do that career for the next 30 years. Like, Absolutely. you know, and like, and you're going to work for someone else. Like never in my wildest imagination would I think, oh no, I'm going to go do it myself. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I can see how even when we don't have other people's expectations oh, yeah. on us, mm -hmm. we have expectations on us. I, I, I completely um, agree with that because whether it is society or family or parents or any other external factor, influence that is telling us that we need to be somewhere or we should be somewhere and they're setting the stand the external standard that's really what it is whoever is setting the standard for where you need to be if it's not you at some point some misalignment begins to happen because it's not your authentic path right yeah, so absolutely. Most of the time people are trying to find it or figure it out what the path is. So sometimes we have to take a couple of steps back to see at what point we got off the path we were on or that we didn't start one to begin with. And so you get to create one from now, you know, from this point on, which is to me super fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you have a choice. You can see it as terrifying or you can see mm -hmm. it as a marvelous adventure. It could possibly be the biggest gift, right? That yeah. you get to redesign this path moving forward. So for the next 50 years, I'm going to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, kudos to you and let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing all of that. What else would you like to share with listeners today? Well, I think I'm, I'm really excited because this year I've been able to um, kind of grow the business in some different areas and really start thinking about what clients have been asking more of and even what brought me um, to join your group, which was community. Mm -hmm. So I knew facilitation because I had a lot of experience in it, but I wanted to do that with other people. And it just really grew my own awareness around starting a community. So I'm excited to be able to start a community this year and really support my clients. And as that community grows, uh, to be to, to give people a place where they can not only begin to see the convergence between life, work, and leadership, but also to really see the convergence between the past, the present, and the possibilities for the future and see mm -hmm. all of that together. So the community is Converge and we'll be starting this year. I have a couple of different ways that people can onboard. I'll start some strategy calls I'll also have a book club and I'll also incorporate in there some group coaching opportunities along the way. So excited to to get to invite people to that and 
grow that and really give people a space and come together. Folks can visit the show notes for this episode and we'll be linking to your website in the show notes. So um, I highly recommend getting on your email list so folks can know when those things are opening up. And um, I, I know you shared with me a little bit about wanting your book club to be pretty interactive. Can you share some of the things that make your book club different? Because I was so fascinated by the wonderful, the yeah, the wonderful path you're creating with your book club. Yeah, I, I think it is around a focus around learning and growth at the same time, really thinking about taking action. So a lot of times we learn a lot through the reading, but also being able to think about what do we do as a result of that learning? What steps are we taking? So a part of that's going to include some ways to interact whether that's on Twitter or through a small platform where we can kind of come together and have discussions throughout the time that we're reading, but also to have like some um, strategy notes on things to kind of incorporate as you read and things to kind of call out in your reading. And then a way for people to share after we do the book study, ways for people to share what they're doing and where that learning has taken them and what they've been able to, to do with the learning in terms of their actions, whether they're personal actions or collective actions. And so really excited to, to see where that goes. Oh, that's awesome. All right, I've got two more questions for you. So if you could go back and give your graduating either high school self or graduating college self one piece of advice, what would you tell her? And I, I think there's no, there's no one way to do it. There's no one, one way to be or one path to success. There's just many unlimited possibilities and to just stay open stay open to the possibilities. I love that. <laughs> it's a reminder that we could all use daily, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how do you live a life of abundance? Yeah, I love that question. I think for me, it's really about giving freely mm -hmm. and um, always learning, always learning and growing. I think those are just two anchors for me that really create abundance. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being a part of the Yoke and Abundance podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, we would love to know what you thought of today's show. Please head over to iTunes, fill in some stars, and write a review. It takes about five minutes, and it would mean the world. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Fike Co. Thank you to Ira Sterling of Julia Sound Recording for our theme music. And thank you to my editor, Tumani Johnson of FX Media, for his work on today's episode. Remember, every one of us has wisdom within. Keep sharing your words of wisdom because you never know who you'll inspire.